Hello, everybody. My name is Jake McGrail, and alongside me is Diana Hong of CITR Sports, broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. The biggest Thunderbirds news from this past week was the season debut for UBC baseball after a long, long COVID pause for them. Elsewhere, it was not a great weekend for our UBC teams as basketball and hockey both had rough goes of it in their matchups. We also have some fun extra tidbits for you at the end of the show, but before we get into any Thunderbirds recaps, we have something to share from Beijing. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke with our very own Mike Liu before he jetted off to be a Team Canada volunteer at the Olympics. And a couple days ago, me, Diana, and Corey Branson were able to meet with him over Zoom to hear what his experience in China has been like so far. You'll notice we sound a bit tired in this segment. Well, it was 7 a.m. for us in Vancouver when we did it, just waking up, and it was late at night for Mike, around 11 p.m. or so. You know, let's just play that interview. It is currently 7 a.m. here in Vancouver for me, Corey, and Diana, but it is late at night for our very own Mike Liu, who is currently out in China at the Olympics. And Mike, what was it like getting there? What, what was the travel situation like? I'm not going to lie. That was probably one of the longest travel days I've ever had in my life. Um, <laughs> the flight from Vancouver to Tokyo. So we had a layover in Tokyo, um, which is pretty funny. Hit up to both Olympic cities in the past like year. But like, yeah, what? It's like six months between games. So yeah, I hit up both cities. Um, it was like a 10 hour flight. Uh, we had to apply for, I mean, to be able to get on the plane in the first place was tough. Like we had to produce two negative results uh 72 96 and 72 hours before and then get on that plane apply for green health code customs code and everything flew flight was great i mean japan airlines was awesome the entire time um got to tokyo it was pretty eerie honestly i mean narita's supposed to be one of the most busiest airports in the world but everything was just quiet and shut down yeah four, five hour layover there another four hour flight over to beijing and then yeah getting through customs took another one or two hours. I mean, customs itself took one hour, but getting to the hotel took like two or three because the bus driver got lost. Uh, I didn't get to the hotel until like 3 a.m. And then, yeah, that was pretty much the process of getting here, which was in and of itself. It, it was a struggle for a month, honestly. And the day, the travel day was long. I mean, like, what is your, now that you got there, um, what is your living situation like? Um, how much pavilion places open to you do you have? Um, I've been seeing like these TikToks for like journalists, how they get food, like how cool is that? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm in the Shangri-La, uh, Beijing. So it's a pretty nice place. I mean, this is Team Canada's Beijing Performance Center where it's almost sort of a nerve center for most of the outer village operations um yeah no i have a room to myself it's nice roomy get my own desk get a couch to myself i mean what well, i can't ask for much more uh and yeah i work a floor below um have a good view of the rest of beijing um i mean the, the places are nice the food's nice here as well um definitely I, i'll definitely say that the shangri-la food is better than the village food uh it didn't it wasn't it wasn't the best in my opinion but um 
Yeah, no, uh, everything's been really nice. And I mean, Team Canada has done a really good job just pivoting on the fly, just finding the, or being assigned this place and just making it as home as, 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 home as possible for this month. And how, when, you, when you're not on shift or doing whatever you need to do, do you have to stay in the hotel during all your downtime? Not necessarily, but so it's a little difficult, but um, with the closed loop system, you're basically not allowed to explore anywhere. Like if, if, if you look, uh, basically, if I look behind me, I can literally see where the fence cuts us off from the outside world. Uh, there's cops patrolling the perimeter. It's pretty like tight security wise around here. And then you really don't get much interaction with the outside world. But um, for me, my role with Team Canada, I haven't had much downtime. But a little, little downtime I've had, I've been able to head to the village just to do, just to roam around, just get some fresh air and explore, really. It's it's pretty welcome, honestly, just to be able to get out, get outside and do a walk, honestly. Mike, have you been to China before? I have not. This is my first time back in China. Okay. Uh, wait, your first time back in China? Well, yeah, well, because in Mandarin, we, we call it Huigua. Um, and so because my family's originally from here, my mom, my mom's side of the family is actually like 15 minutes uh, down the road. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm visiting home, uh, but I'm not really home, which is sort of the unfortunate reality of all of this. And so um, we, I say this is my first time back because that's how a lot of, uh, well, that's how I've always referred to it as um, sort of like being Chinese Canadian. Um, and my family, lots of my family, basically all of my family, except for my immediate family living in China, it's, I'm, I'm going back to China, not as opposed to I'm visiting China for the first time. Cool. Uh, does this make you want to come visit again in the future? I know you're only getting this like tiny little slice of uh, <laughs> what the experience is like, but are you are you sold on the kind? Like I'm definitely like I, I'm definitely wanting keen to come back just because I haven't been able to experience everything, and I know there's still a lot to on offer. And I mean, like it's it's a limited viewpoint that I have within the Olympic bubble. And there's things that I don't see that I might be able to see outside of here. And it's, it's, it's an image that they, yeah, it's like, it's one of those, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm, I'm in a very tight, um, very polished image of what they want to give to the world. So I kind of just want to be home. I just want to kind of be, see what China's is like. And I, so I'm getting a glimpse, like, oh, don't get me wrong. Everything's been lovely. The volunteers are great. Hotel staff are amazing. Everything has been pretty darn, pretty darn good. But um, I just kind of want to be able to see what daily life is like. And I don't think that's really possible in this situation. And we know, I mean, you were sending us a bunch of images in our group chat and stuff like that, showing us every place you're visiting. And you were doing a bunch of this stuff before the games started. You got there like a week early. So what was the sort of prep work you were doing uh, before the opening ceremony kicked off? Oh my God, there's so much. Like setting up for, for one, setting up our office space. Uh, we also just had to get, we had to like learn, I had to learn a new software as part of my role and just started getting things on the ground. Like the first couple of days were super rough. Like everything was pretty disorganized. I mean, it's the same for every country. Like you're figuring things out, you're in a new country, you're in a new system. Like closed loop systems have been used before. And like no one, we've never had games like this in history, a history of the Olympic games. So it was a process of just figuring things out. And 
I was fortunate enough to be able to go visit uh, the Yanqing cluster where the Alpine sliding events are, sliding events. Um, I mean, I was there mainly to scout out locations, but um, <laughs> it was pretty nice to like actually get into the Olympic vibe because up until then, I was stuck in the hotel. Didn't really feel like the Olympics, you know, when you're just stuck in your room. And I mean, I spent an entire day locked up here waiting for my test results. And then uh, I finally was able to do a bit of roaming and then now heading up to uh, the cluster was just really awesome. Being able to go up to the top of the Alpine venue, see all, see the view from the top of the mountain, just getting to experience the village vibe. I mean, that's something a lot of people, will, I think a lot of people would want to do. And luckily during these games, it's pretty, it's pretty, feels pretty nice to get that sort of vibe. And for the opening ceremonies themselves, were you up to anything fun for them? Were you at the hotel for that? Were you at the actual venue? What was going on there? Yeah, so with the opening ceremonies, um, due to COVID and also the fact that I'm not an athlete, uh, I didn't march, but uh, obviously I had all the opening ceremony gear and I was like uh, prepping, I was prepping for my walk just in case that they needed something to fill in. But um, Yes, no, um, I saw, I, I witnessed that. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh of course. Um, no, yeah. So uh, with with the opening ceremony day, it, it was tough work. Like it was still in the office, just getting things done. Even like up until the one hour before the opening ceremonies, uh, we were just still at our desks working. Um, but yeah, no, we were able to uh, able to have a break, able to go into the Team Canada lounge in the performance center, like really get some food. Like the hotel staff again prepared us a buffet meal. It was awesome. It was great. They had a cake with the Team Canada logo on it. It was it was just they they were on it. And um, yeah, no, just a viewing party um, for the opening ceremonies. And uh, can't lie, it got really emotional during throughout the thing. I mean, like I, I remember watching the 2000, 2008 opening ceremonies like as a seven year old, and that was and in China's own words, it was the one their century long dream to host the Olympics, and now uh 14 years later i'm here able to like sort of be in the same city slashing watching the opening ceremony live i mean like it it was kind of it was kind of crazy so i mean for me to be able to see canada walk out to be able to uh just sort of be able to experience what it is like to be in an olympic city um well i mean like there was, obviously it was vancouver but like uh, being involved in the olympics and whatnot I don't know, like, uh, it, it was incredible. So now that the game has started, um, what's your day-to-day -day responsibilities like? It, it, it's still much of the same, uh, if not busier. <laughs> um, just grinding things out, getting people to and from places, it's hard. It's hard work and it's stuff that, like, it never really ends. There's not a, But it tapers off a little bit because actually... Uh, funnily enough, some of these athletes leave in the next couple of days. Like, for instance, take Mikael Kingsbury um, from today. Like, he's done. He's headed out. Um, so it, it gets lighter. It gets supposed to get easier, but we'll have to just wait and see. I'm going to knock on wood on that because, like, it's been it's been tough. And the experience here has challenged me a lot in a, in a lot of ways that I didn't expect it to. But at the end of the day, it's just fun. It's amazing. It's amazing that I'm part of Team Canada. It's amazing that I'm doing something to help out Team Canada. As of the time of the recording, we just had our first medals handed out, uh, I guess, earlier today for you, last night for us. 
Um, at these events, how close are you able to get to the action um, with some of the sports? Well, uh, <laughs> funnily enough, I haven't been to a single uh, event yet, but I mean, like, it, that's to be expected. Um, I got to watch the events from the Team Canada Lounge in the Beijing, um, the Beijing Olympic Village, which was pretty sick. Um, yeah, no, it was a good vibe. But I mean, I, I we're close enough to the venues, but we're not actually there. Although that being said, there is a chance that, again, we would be able to attend events. Um, so who knows? I might be hanging out, uh, hanging out, watching an event sooner than rather than later. Are there any other uh, fun stories or particular moments so far that have stuck out for you? Oh, there's so much. Like, I'll start off with one. I got lost on my way heading up to Yanqing. Um, I got off the bus stop at the wrong stop. My phone was dead, so I couldn't get into contact with anyone. And I ended up walking all the way to the top of the sliding center. Wow. <laughs> and then that's when I realized I was in the wrong spot. It was like 9 p.m. at night. I was freezing. And I was like, oh, my God, the villagers all crossed for me. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was an experience. But hey, uh, we got through it. It was pretty great. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, there's so many things that stand out. I mean, being being in the place where, like, it's like, I guess I can call it my cultural home, right? Um, it's it's great. It, it, it's really been really interesting. I mean, I've been able to really get to see some of the things that my parents were telling me about and again my grandparents and my grandparents who live again not far away from where I am right now it's been kind of neat because I can actually video call them at like reasonable times in the day as well um I mean all my interactions with the volunteers like it's something that I'll really cherish like no, no words can be said I mean they've been nothing short of great and welcoming it's really cheerful just talking with them is great I mean they're the same age as me which is like kind of crazy to think about um yeah no um I mean it, it, there's so much and I feel like I, I couldn't stop talking about it. I can stop talking about it if I really got started I would like to rehash one of my questions that I asked you a couple weeks ago what sort of opportunities have you had to interact with people from the other Olympic committees? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's been, it's been incredible in that front, actually. It's, I didn't expect um, as much interaction as I got. Like I, I've been taught, like I, as I've been talking with um, my fellow, like my fellow counterparts from like the U S from the UK, Australia, I met the chef, I met Cacciona Lamedon and it's like kind of, I was crazy. <laughs> and then I met uh, like a couple hours later, I met the chef de mission for um, uh, team, uh, team GB. And it was like uh, pretty, honestly, that was pretty awesome. And like, I don't know, being able to see a bunch, like uh, I got to meet one of my uncles, one of my uncle's friends is actually one of the team doctors for this Chinese skeleton team. And we just happened to bump into each other. So it was like, it, it, it's kind of wild, like being able to just be, um, being able to meet all these people from all these different countries. And I mean, pin trading is huge here. Um, I, I, I was, I was told as much and, but I didn't expect to see it as much. Uh, I, my, my collection is growing and I feel like, I have a keepsake from each country that I've interacted with. So, I mean, it, it, it's been incredible. And like, yeah, Corey, like I seriously didn't expect, um, I seriously didn't expect the level of interaction I would have with different um, NOCs, but it's definitely there. And I feel that this is just part of what games can do is just being able to bring these different people from different countries together to interact. 
Good thing you got hooked up with that supply of pins before you flew out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Again, uh, shout out Santa Ono. I mean, UBC pins, I've been handing them out the best I can. Team Canada's also giving me a lot of pins to trade. It's great. I mean, volunteers, you can make their days by giving them a pin, and it's just kind of like, wow. Um, you see some things like, some things like that, you're just like, it stands out for you. What's more in demand, the Team Canada ones or the UBC ones? Team Canada ones. I can't <laughs> lie there. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, the UBC ones are more rare because I'm the only one in this entire Olympics that would have them. But the Team Canada pins look incredible, and I can't wait to show show them with all of you. Mike, I'm really happy that you're getting all these opportunities. I'm not going to lie. My ulterior motive here is hoping you, like, find love uh, with somebody from, like, the, I don't know, like, the Albanian. Uh, oh, my God. Or something like that. I don't know if Albania has a loose team in this Olympics. I don't know if Albania is at this Olympics, but – in my head, I'm like, oh, this is such a great opportunity for you, Mike. So here's looking at you, kid. <laughs> Look at that smile. That tells you something. Yeah, he's he's already well on his way. <laughs> I, I appreciate you, Corey. I appreciate you. Oh, so I'll show you. Uh, like, again, we're, we're not on. Um, you won't be able to see this, but like I sh I've shown this to Diana, but I've managed to trade for a, a vancouver 2010 pin already from uh here so that was really neat honestly when you come back we can trade from like the <laughs> pins that i got from Changchang. <laughs> let's, let's do it when team canada give out like the pins is it in the package like do they so they they included it with our outfitting kit so it was tucked away in our duffel bag so um we got like a huge supply of pins just to for some for our keeps i can't i kept one of each pen for my own sake um but i have a ton just to trade so i mean i've been bartering for a lot i mean one of the coolest pins i got was um a pin from the 08 olympics another one i got was um uh let me see here i mean i love the russian pin designs really sick um yeah, no, like U.S. has a really nice one too. So I have to say that as well. <laughs> I, I looked it up. There is uh, there's one Albanian athlete at the 2022 Olympics. Uh, his name Where is, is his name is Denny Jeppa. He is a uh, slalom skier. Um, oh, he's a very no, nice looking guy, but he's no loose <laughs> member. So. You know. Unfortunately, he's up in Jonjako, and I don't think I'll be venturing up there anytime during these games. No, you got it, Mike. Make your way there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you get any of the Lululemon stuff yet? I have, I like, um, I have like a full set of everything, I think, including the gear that isn't available for retail. Um, there's a lot of it. Can't lie. I don't know how I'm going to pack all of this. They did give me a suitcase, but I don't think that's going to fit everything. Well, thank goodness when you get back to Vancouver, you can show it off to Diana and I, so... <laughs> oh i'm sorry i already called dibs on the park gun duffel bag so and the hat so. i thought it was the park gun the shoes you can't keep changing this no uh, maybe all of them but like it's recorded we have this on record yeah <laughs> we know what you said <laughs> <laughs> on the air honestly the the team canada lulu gear probably the most a they look great B, they're probably the best that they, they're probably like 
the gear that's designed to be worn on day-to-day life the most. Like, I don't know if you guys have been, seen the American kit from uh, Polo Ralph Lauren. Oh my God. It's great for the Olympics, but everything else is like, what are you going to wear this for? Shout, shout out Canada for providing adaptable clothing. Utilitarian. <laughs> like, come on. Like, why, why am I going to use a, a kangaroo pouch on a puff, puffer jacket? Like, come on. Like, my, when, it, when are you back again? I am. Um, I fly out with the Team Canada Charter on the February twenty first because I have to get out of the country in forty eight hours after closing ceremonies. <laughs> get out. <laughs> Sprinting. It's not that bad. I feel like. I mean, it's like four, 15 days away. Holy crap! It, it's both short and really long for me. Mm-hmm. That's that's the start of reading week, right? Yeah, I get back reading week, so it gives me enough time to try and get jet lag out of my system. But I have a 3 a.m. midterm on the 10th in Vancouver time and 11th in Beijing time. So <laughs> that'll be fun. <laughs> yes, and once and once you get back and you're on the show live again, we can grill you on everything that's happened. But glad that it's been like an overall good time, even if you've been very very busy. Oh, it's been great. Like, I mean. I have so many pictures to share as well, but like the, being able to do everything, um, it's been great. Like every single experience, there's it, it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. As tough as everything has been, that was Mike speaking with me and Diana and Corey from Beijing. We're glad that he's having a good time out there, and we're, we'll be excited to have him back on the show once again, once he comes back in a couple of weeks. We're now going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs. When we come back, we're going to talk about all the latest Thunderbirds news. Hi, is this the, uh, aquarium? Yes, it is. How can we help you today? Listen, I feel like there's a lot of tension between us. Uh, we've only just met? I just wish you were a fish, so I could reel you in. Oh, good God. Uh, I mean, there are many fish in the sea, but it's only you I I, I see with me. I'm gonna go now. No, give me a chance. I'm a real catch. Uh, Are you an octopus? Because you octopi my thoughts. Feeling lonely this Valentine's season? Don't be the weirdo that rings up the aquarium for a date. Instead, support community radio and donate to CITR. Check out citr.ca slash donate for more information. What's happening? I'm Owen Wilson, and I'm here to talk to you about a subject that's near and dear to my heart. The CITR and Discorder Fun Drive. CITR's great. So is Discorder. I don't know what to expect. I gotta be honest. I come in, it's like a little like I'm trying to get my bearings. There's cartoons, your mom. Radio's cool. So do the right thing. Donate now to the... The CITR and Discorder Fun Drive. You'd be doing me a solid. Go to citr.ca slash donate. Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye here on CITR 101.9. And now we're going to take a look at the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, starting with basketball. We all got suckered a little bit after last week. Our women's basketball team looked so dominant, so skilled, 
so polished in a couple easy breezy wins over the wolf pack and your dreams of a surge to the top of the table crash back to earth this weekend with the uvic vikes handing ubc a couple humbling road losses 67 to 54 and 82 to 69 yeah, and both games halftime seemed to really bring the thunderbirds down while rejuvenating the vikes each game it was basically even at the midway point before UVic outscored UBC by at least 10 points in both of the third quarters. Yeah, game one could have been UBC's if not for a monstrous performance from UVic's Ashlyn Day, uh, who scored the most points of any Canada West women's basketball player all season with 42, 63% of her team's points. Your team only scores 67 for the entire game, and then one person scores 42 of the points. 37% and then 63. (laughs) And then on the Thunderbird side, it was Madison Legault who put up 11 points, 9 rebounds, 4 steals. Kate Johnson had 12 points. And then there's Haley Council, who led the team with 14 points. That's that's good. But she shot 5 for 28 from the field which is very much not great. No, not, no, <laughs> Take, not great. Taking 28 shots in a game on its own is, is, is a lot, and to only make five of them, not ideal. Um, in game two, they uh, put up only, only, only 22 points. <laughs> only. It's, it's like almost half as many as the yeah, previous game, so yeah. much better. Uh, meaning the opportunity was there for the Thunderbirds. Shooting improved for UBC, but you, Vic, rode Four double-digit score to the win in a more offensive showdown. Yeah, Johnson was the T-Birds MVP in this one. She had 22 points, three steals, and four assists. Olivia Weeks had 12 points and eight rebounds. Council, she shot much better, five for eight this time. She had 12 points, but it just wasn't enough against Victoria. Yeah. Uh, fun fact by uh, Mr. Corey. Callie McMillan, the Vikes' second-leading scorer behind Day in both games, was <laughs> was Corey's basketball teammate. Oh, teammate. At Strawberry Vale Elementary School. Back in the day. Back in the day. Callie got the <laughs> ball skills. Corey got the good looks. According uh, to him. <laughs> according to Corey himself. Everything worked out. <laughs> we, we've heard we've heard enough about Esquimalt High School here yeah. on this broadcast. Bringing it all the way back to Strawberry Vale Elementary. I should have crossed that out. I should have not said it. <laughs> Corey dancing on UBC's grave with Victoria winning this weekend. <laughs> yep. UBC, they now have four games remaining on the schedule to try and get back to 500 as they are now 5-9. and nine. The road back for the Thunderbirds starts on Friday night when they return home to take on the UFV Cascades. You know what we would like to see cascade into the studio? Funds to support CITR through our annual fund drive. Go to citr.ca slash donate to help support student-run radio and allow us to make more awful puns on air. You can add some fun facts about Corey's uh, way back when. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Fun facts. You can win some prizes too. Everyone's benefits. Yeah, a team that did not benefit this past weekend, though, was the UBC men's basketball team as they also faced the fury of the Vikes as their previously undefeated season ended with two losses in Victoria. In the first game on Friday, the Vikes jumped out to a 30-12 to lead yep. in the first quarter, <laughs> and then they led the whole way from there. Yeah. It wasn't enough for sure. The Thunderbirds did try and rally back 
and outscore the Vikes in all of the other three quarters, but they couldn't make it all the way back and lost 90-84 to in the end. Their first loss in Canada was placed since January 2020, also against Victoria. Yeah, James Woods, he led the way for UBC with 24 points and 6 rebounds on 9-for-16 shooting. Well, Grant Odu, Brian Wallach, Sukman Sandu, and Kyle Foreman all scored in double digits as well. UBC dominated inside with 50 points in the paint compared to just 26 for the Vikes. And they also turned it over only 12 times while shooting 43% from the field as Victoria shot 38% and had 15 turnovers. I mean, all those numbers, they look pretty good. But the problem is UBC shot just 5 for 27 from 3. And no one outside of Woods or Audu even made a three-pointer in the entire game. And the Thunderbirds also shot 17 for 25 at the free-throw line, just not getting enough outside of the paint, really. Yeah, just the just the first, like, 30. I think that just... <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you go down 18 points in the first 10 minutes of the game, that's yeah. usually not a great sign. Yeah, although, I mean, they did outscore, like... But it wasn't... It can't even be outscored because they, like, scored, like, two to three points more at the rest of the quarters. But anyways, we lost. (laughs) (laughs) And wouldn't you know it on Saturday? (laughs) On Saturday, again, UBC got off to a terrible start as the halftime score was 54 to 32 in favor of Victoria. And going into the fourth, it was 77 to 54. UBC then did turn it on offensively in the fourth, outscoring, sourcing. Outscoring, yeah. Outscoring UVic uh, 35 to 19, but the damage was done, and the final score was 96 to 98. How sad is it? You outscore a team by 16 points in the fourth quarter, and you still lose by seven. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. Yeah. And it and it unfortunately wasted a fantastic performance from Woods, who was on fire in this one. He scored 34 points on 11 for 17 shooting. That was the most points scored by any UBC player in a game since Phil Jalalpur scored 36 against Victoria all the way back in February of 2018, four years ago, and yet they lose the game. I haven't heard that name in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sandu scored 18 18 minutes while dealing with foul trouble, and Audu scored 14, but the rest of the team outside of those three combined for just 23 points on 9-4-27 shooting. Yeah, Thunderbirds overall as a team had better shooting percentages. They shot 52% from the field, 35% from three, but they allowed the Vikes to shoot 53% from the field and 35% from three, and UBC committed 18 turnovers as well. This is the first time the Thunderbirds have lost back-to-back games since November 2019 when they got swept in the weekend series by Calgary. They'll look to rebound in home games against UFV and TRU this weekend. And the Thunderbirds, they might not have had as many highlights as they were hoping for this past weekend, but you know what would be a slam dunk supporting (laughs) CITR through FunDrive? If you go to citr.ca slash donate, you can support our show and many others run by students and people in the community who wouldn't otherwise have this type of opportunity. You can also earn yourself some fun prizes as well. Our women's hockey team hosted the Mount Royal Cougars um, and ended the weekend with another weekend split. This helps the Cougars maintain their first place, and UBC stayed in second place in Canada West Conference standings. Yeah, the first day of the doubleheader was this past Friday, which the Thunderbirds, they got an impressive shutout win over those first place Cougars. They won 2 nothing. 
The second-year defenseman Rylan McKinnon opened the night with a goal, taking a pass from second-year forward Ashley McFadden and snapping a point shot past the Cougars goaltender. Yeah, and although it was a scoreless second period, UBC, they came right back in the third, scoring just 18 seconds into that final period. That came from first-year forward Henrik Bassey, who scored off a rebound from the captain, Kenzie Robinson. It was Bassey's team-leading 18th point of the season. Fantastic year for the rookie. Yes, first-year goaltender Elise Hugens as well made 22 saves on Friday night and secured her Cata West leading fifth shutout. Some great rookies for this women's hockey team. Unfortunately, the shutout was then turned around the next night as the T-Birds were not able to keep the momentum going into the second day, ending the weekend with a one to nothing loss. The Cougars took the lead on a power play late in the first period, stopping 45, 45 or 46 shots was not enough for Hugens to stop the lone goal. I mean, you got to help out your goalie a little bit. You, <laughs> yeah. you give up 46 <laughs> shots on target. She saves all but one of them, and, and you can't even you can't even th- score. Yeah, that's the lone goal. That just like gives you the loss. That's, oh my, that's too tough. Elise going to be staring daggers into her teammates. Yeah, after the game. Dang. Yeah, th- the good news is that even though the Thunderbirds are still in second, the top two seeds in the conference do get a first-round playoff bye. So if T-Birds can at least hold their position there. That will help them out a lot in the playoffs, and we'll just have to see if they'll be able to do that. Yeah. The Thunderbirds will go on the road this Friday to Langley and play against the Trinity Western University Spartans for a doubleheader. We often cheer against the Spartans here at CITR, and we don't want the station to be Spartan either. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) You can help with that by going to CITR.ca slash donate to support FunDrive, which will help fund so much of what we do at the station with equipment and programming and more. And going to the men's hockey team now, it was not a week to remember for the T-Birds losing back-to-back games against Mount Royal University. In the first match, the Mount Royal Cougars dominated the T-Birds with a convincing 6-2 victory. The T-Birds gave a better account of themselves the following day, improving the score, but still, unfortunately, not the result that they were looking for with the Cougars winning 5-3. On Friday, the Cougars opened up a three-goal lead in the first period before Chris Douglas managed to pull up Pull one back for the Thunderbirds, rebounding a shot that came off the post. Yeah, unfortunately, T-Birds unable to build a comeback in the second period. MRU's Nolan Yaremko scored to complete a hat-trick on the power play early in the second. And then the Cougars opened up a 5-1 to one lead. And it wasn't coming back from there. <laughs> no, she's not coming back. The Cougars' Jared Power stretched the host lead in the final period before the Thunderbirds' Liam Kendre netted a consolation with 3 minutes to 16 seconds remaining on the clock, finishing the scoring at 6-2. to two. Yeah, 6-2, to two, not great. You know what's even worse than that? giving up five unanswered goals to start the next game. And that's what UBC did as the Cougars in the first two periods outscored UBC 5-0. Yep. The floodgates were well and truly open for MRU. However, with 34 seconds left of the second period, the Nerds fought back with James Orburn redirecting Jonathan Smart's shot pass uh, Mount Royal goaltender Riley Morris for his first goal of the season. Yeah, despite that, UBC's comeback remained a tall order. UBC, they fought valiantly in the final 20 minutes. They outshot the Cougars 15-6 in the third. Connor McDonald, he scored 
with five minutes left, his second of the season, to give them a bit of a chance. <laughs> UBC kept the pressure on and cut the deficit within two of the Cougars on the power play after Scott Atkinson uh, deflected a McDonald point shot in with four minutes remaining. Yeah, and unfortunately, that was where the scoring ended. UBC unable to get any more past the Cougars. And that result has left both the Thunderbirds and the Cougars four points behind the first place Alberta Golden Bears. In the Canada West standings, UBC will have to fight hard to try and get second. Yes. Uh, speaking of golden, <laughs> you can be golden as <laughs> as well with some of the fun prizes you receive for donating to CITR4 Fun Drive. From merch to special editions of Discord Magazine to time slots for your own show and more, there's lots to be had if you donate. Yeah. It's strange to think that this far into the school year, we'd still have sports and COVID hiatus. Hi- oh my goodness. Hiatus. But that was the case for our baseball team up until this weekend when they played their first competitive game since early March of 2020. It, full Wait, two years. Oh my. It's been two years since the baseball team has played. <laughs> That took me a while. (laughs) The Thunderbirds are in Arizona for preseason action where they open the campaign 2-2, sweeping the Park University Gilbert Buccaneers (laughs) and getting swept by the ACU Firestorm. Game one, it was a tight contest against the Bucks that took 12 innings to finish. UBC eventually prevailing 13-9 and you hear that, Diana? That's a win for UBC. <laughs> there's, not, there's not been many of them. We had that one women's hockey win outside of that. Yeah. It's been a lot of L's. But <laughs> the baseball team starting it off right. It was an efficient offensive performance. The team, they were out hit 17-7, to actually, by the Buccaneers. But they found a bit more unorthodox ways to score. For example, in the seventh inning, they had three runs on a bases-loaded walk, a ground out, and then a wild pitch. It's okay. No Thunderbirds jumped off the stats page in this game either. Uh, rookie Luciano Letteri had the the only multi-hit game while six pitchers took the mound for UBC. Yeah, UBC, they had come back from a early deficit against the Buccaneers in that game. Their next match against the Firestorm, they again found themselves in a hole as going into the ninth inning, they were losing 12-1. to Which is not ideal. (laughs) Very hard to come back from that. (laughs) They did score seven runs in the ninth inning to make it 12 to 8. So they made they made ACU sweat a little bit, but they unfortunately came up short. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems like a pattern. Like the opposing <laughs> just team go down just a like, ton early. Yeah, they just like punch first, and then we just try to get back up, but it doesn't work. Anyways, <laughs> back to baseball. Both Mitchell Middlemiss and Curtis Sanderson had two hits and two RBIs apiece, with one Sanderson hit being a home run. Yeah, game three did see the Thunderbirds. They were the ones that took the lead in this game. They were up four to nothing against the Firestorm, but then they lost ten to four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it Lord. was four to four heading into the bottom of the eighth inning when first-year pitcher Adam Kahn allowed the Thunderbird or rather allowed the Firestorm those six runs to put the game out of reach. Not a great start to his Thunderbirds career, but better days will be ahead for him on offense. Ty Penner he came one triple shy of hitting for the cycle. UBC wrapped up the weekend with a return to Tampa Diablo Stadium 
for round two against PUG. This was another close one throughout, but UBC had just enough firepower to steal the game from the Buccaneers, 5-4. to four. Credit to the Thunderbirds position players who carefully committed errors so as to ensure their pitching trio walked away with just a single earned run. Yeah, and there's credit to you to catcher Brett Corbeth. He had three hits in this game with a triple and an RBI on the winning run in the eighth inning. UBC remains in the Grand Canyon State for a four-game series against the Red Hawks of the Benedictine University at Mesa. That starts this afternoon at 4. If you happen to be near (laughs) Benedictine University in the next hour or two, feel free to head (laughs) down to watch. Cheer for us. (laughs) Now, the French word for time is temps, which is only one letter away from Tempe, where the Thunderbirds have been. Do you know what tempe it is, Diana? <laughs> it is tempe for you to dia- blow all your money here at CITR Fun yeah. Drive. CITR provides such a fantastic opportunity for students like the two of us and others to get involved in broadcast journalism. If you like seeing university students succeed, head to citr.ca slash donate right away. And now before we head, uh, rather wrap up this show, we have some other quick pieces of news to share. The dates for some of the Canada West and eSports championships have been changed. In Canada West, the beginning of the playoffs basketball and men's hockey have been pushed back to March 4th to 6th. And the national championships for those three tournaments are to be from March 31st to April 3rd. Yeah, interestingly, women's hockey has remained the same as it was previously scheduled and volleyball has remained the same as well. Hopefully all of these tournaments can take place as planned fingers crossed the women's field hockey pan american cup took place at the end of january and after canada lost to eventual championships argentina in the semifinals they beat the u.s in the third place game to qualify for the 2022 field hockey world cup canada's First appearance since 1994 and there are three current thunderbirds on that team that qualify, that's Sarah Goodman, Jordan Fazak, and Thora Ray. There are also five UBC alumni, including 2019 grad Rowan Harris. The World Cup will take place in both the Netherlands and Spain in July. And big congratulations to all of our Thunderbirds and also just the rest of the Canadian team for making it to the World Cup. Yes. Finally, UBC alum Jeff Francis will be inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame this year. The legendary Thunderbirds pitcher is already a member of the UBC and BC Sports Halls of Fame and had his jersey retired at UBC back in 2019. And figure it, it, it makes sense that this announcement is made when UBC baseball is finally able to actually play again. <laughs> yes, in t- two years. Two, year, two entire years of yep. not playing. Mm-hmm. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. As a last reminder, it is Fun Drive Week. And before... Uh, before Fun Drive ends, make sure to donate to citr.ca slash donate to help support our shows and others. And actually, before we finish, I can't, I have to let Diana have her moment to shine yep. and share with everyone all of the different scheduling that is happening for Thunderbirds team and scheduling that keeps changing. Yep. Yes, sir. It's changing every minute. Every minute I get new emails and it says it's like <laughs> postponed or it's like, actually, never mind. So, this week we have a bunch of 
Um, uh, student athletes representing UBC. Baseball is still happening, as we said earlier today, at 4. Um, if you happen to be in Arizona, pull up and <laughs> just cheer for us. And they do have um, another game on uh, Thursday. And on Friday, we have baseball and we have doubleheader for women's basketball at 6 p.m. Um, as well as men's basketball at 8 p.m. doubleheader on Friday, Saturday. And men's volleyball 6 p.m. on Friday um, against the Cascades as well as uh, women's volleyball against Cascades at 8 p.m. And men's volleyball is, oh, both men's volleyball and women's volleyball, they're on road to Abbotsford. Um, so if you happen to be in Abbotsford <laughs> Friday, Saturday, pull up. Um, we also have women's hockey um, playing against Trinity Western in Langley on Friday at 7 p.m. Um, men's hockey will be playing at home on Friday, 7 p.m., but their game on Saturday got postponed to the 19th. Um, yeah, and that's all our games this week. We'll have swimming at West Coast Collegiate in Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, we got plenty. We got plenty more Thunderbirds action starting up once again with the sports heading into the playoffs. Spring sports starting up. It's a nice little mix here at the yes. same time. And now I can finally say, with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR one hundred one point nine. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the All Access Pass. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail and Diana Hong with contributions from Corey Branson and Ollie Nicholas and, of course, Mike Liu saying hi from Beijing. <laughs> yep. Thank you for tuning in and have a great rest of your day. <laughs>